1: back Buffalo Bills fans, it's Matt Warren, editor-in-chief of BuffaloRumlings.com and the host of Buffalo Rumlings Q&A on the Buffalo Rumlings Podcast Network. We finally made it back to the regular season and the Buffalo Bills play in just two days against the defending champion Los Angeles Rams on Thursday night to open the NFL season. After the game, make sure you send in your questions for next week's episode using our voicemail line at 716-508-0405. You can tweet us at rumlings a Email is buffalo at sbnation.com. There are many ways for you to send in your questions for next week's episode, and the show is really boring without those questions. So the Bills versus the Rams Thursday night. We're going to talk about that a little bit later in today's podcast. And make sure you send in your questions for next week's episode based on that game. Later this week, we're going to be debuting a brand new podcast hosted by me on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. It's going to be a game preview. It's going to drop either late Wednesday or early Thursday. I haven't really figured out the exact timing of it, but it'll be in your feeds Thursday morning before you go to work. This is going to be our game preview Kind of taking a look ahead at Thursday night's game, how the Bills can be successful, uh, how the Bills can stumble. We'll have some uh, betting lines and DraftKings stuff in there as well, so make sure you check that out later this week. It's just kind of a wonky week. It'll normally drop on Fridays as we get ready for the weekend weekend. But with the early game on Thursday night, we just don't really know what the schedule is going to look like over the next few days. Um, It's just kind of a free for all right now because of the condensed schedule with the Labor Day holiday and the Thursday night football game. So keep an eye out for that in your feeds. It's going to be called pregame rumblings, and it'll be right here on the same feed that you listen to Buffalo rumblings Q&A on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. There's plenty of other shows as well. If you like our shows on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network, please tell a friend. It's the best way for us to spread the word and get uh, more subscribers, more listeners, is if you like what you hear and tell a friend about it, just like you would about your favorite restaurant in town, your favorite new brewery, or anything like that. I appreciate you already for telling your friends about the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network, and I'm really looking forward to expanding our footprint with our new show coming up later this week. All right, let's get to your questions for week one against the Los Angeles Rams. I've heard this from a couple places, so let's head over to Twitter. And check out Ian Carmody, who asks us I've heard rumors of Poyer being traded. I believe there are only rumors. I believe he wants to stay. At the very least, he plays the year out and looks to get paid in 2023 by the Bills or someone else. What are your thoughts? I would find it very hard to believe that the Buffalo Bills are going to trade Jordan Poyer at this point. They have a Super Bowl staring them in the face, and Jordan Poyer, the all pro safety obviously played at a very high level last year. They don't have Tredavious White right now, and who knows what he's going to be for the first half or even two-thirds of the season, maybe even all the way through the playoffs until 2023. So trading Jordan Poyer makes absolutely zero sense for this Buffalo Bills team, even if they think they're going to lose him a year from now. They have an opportunity to go all the way, and you don't jeopardize that by trading Jordan Poyer. That's just... To start with, secondly, they just elected him a team captain this past weekend. What message would it send to elect a guy a team captain and then immediately trade him? I don't think Brandon Bean's going to do that. There's a billion reasons for it. I still think Jordan Poyer is a prime franchise tag candidate a year from now. If they can get Dawson Knox under a long term contract, I, safety is still one of the two positions that I can see the Bills using a franchise tag on because the number is projected to be so low as a, compared to the other franchise tag numbers. Safety and tight end are those two positions. So the Bills have at least one year of Jordan Poyer, if not two years of Jordan Poyer still left in the chamber. So I don't think trading him. Is a good idea plus even if he does leave you're talking at a compensatory pick probably because he's going to sign a pretty nice deal a year from now even at his age he'll sign you know a, a relatively you know, relatively good sized healthy size deal to get you like you know a fifth or a sixth round compensatory pick potentially so it just doesn't make any sense for them to trade him now when they can use him for that stretch run and get compensation for him later or franchise tag him later so, I, I just don't know where the rumor came from. I've had people ask me in real life about it. Now we've got Ian asking me about it on Buffalo and QA. I just don't see where it's coming from. Um, unless you're maybe in Jordan Poyer's camp and you want him to get traded to a contending team that's also going to give him a contract extension. And I don't see a whole lot of those teams out there now, you know, heading into week one anyway. So, I do not see this happening. Uh, If it does, I would be incredibly surprised and shocked. I'm not saying it can't happen. You know, financially speaking, it could. But, uh, you know, maybe they really love Jaquan Johnson. I don't know. Um, I just, I do not see a way for this to proceed, as uh, has been speculated somewhere. I don't know who started it, um, but I'm pretty much finishing it. So thanks for that question, Ian, on our Twitter feed. Jerry Nicholson on Twitter, at Rumlink's and a Can the D-line get to the quarterback and actually sack him? Well, I think that's why they brought in Von Miller. Um, Jerry Hughes was always in the right spot, but he was always like a half step too late to actually bring down the quarterback. Now, I don't necessarily need a sack all the time. Pressure can often be enough. Um, Matthew Stafford, in particular, coming up here in week one. When he gets pressured, he makes boneheaded decisions sometimes and throws a lot of interceptions because of pressure. So if they can generate pressure on Matthew Stafford or a whole bunch of these other quarterbacks that they're going to play in 2022, that should be enough. So can the defensive line get to the quarterback? Absolutely. I think between Von Miller and Ed Oliver, either if they're on the same side or they're on opposite sides of the defensive line, Offensive lines are going to have to pick which one they pay extra attention to, and I think Ed Oliver's just in line for a monster year at that position. I think Tim Settle, the backup defensive tackle, Jordan Phillips, the backup defensive tackle, have both shown an ability to get to the quarterback from the interior defensive line. Um, I think you're just going to see some really great stuff. Uh, hopefully we get a progression from Greg Rousseau and A.J. Epinesa to actually get to the quarterback. But I think with Vaughn Miller and Ed Oliver and the other new pieces along the defensive line, you know they've really thrown a lot of great, great options at that front four to be able to get to the quarterback, at least in big time spots and, in, and big games. So I think it's going to be improved maybe they don't always sack him. Like I don't need the bills to lead the league in sacks. Uh, Even Leslie Frazier talks about this, that pressure is just as important as the actual sack number. Um, But especially because the bills have inexperienced uh, cornerbacks right now, you might even see some more blitzing from the, the linebacker position. You might see some cornerback blitzes as well on the backside, just to try to get the quarterbacks uncomfortable and, um, really provide that pressure to help out those young cornerbacks so it's going to be very important for the bills to establish that defensive line early in the season and as they continue going through like the the brutal parts of their schedule without Tre'Davious white so we'll see how that all plays into it but i fully expect more cornerback blitzes more linebacker blitzes and more sack numbers because of the increased efficiency of the buffalo bills defensive line Thanks for your question over on Twitter at Rumlings Q and a We're going to take a quick break and come back. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back. I appreciate you listening to Buffalo Rumblings Q&A on this condensed week. Like I said earlier, with the Labor Day holiday on Monday and the game being pushed up from Sunday to Thursday night. It's a crazy week here at buffalorumblings.com, but make sure you head over to the site, all of our normal uh, game week articles. Are available at buffalorumblings.com. They just might be coming, you know, fast and furious. Instead of getting like six, seven, eight a day, you might be getting eight, nine, ten a day. So we can make sure we fit everything in for you. Um, and of course, over the Labor Day weekend, we were covering stuff on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday as the Bills returned to practice Sunday and released their first injury report on Monday. All that's available over at buffalorumblings.com. Make sure you go check it out. Back to Twitter, where P marts gets to the heart of the matter. (laughs) Who are the inactives for the game on Thursday, and what are your thoughts on the blue-on-blue uniform? Let's start with the uniform. I hate the blue-on-blue uniform. I definitely do not call it a Smurf uniform, though, because the Smurfs wore white pants. So if you're talking that the blue-on-blue uniform is the Smurf uniform, you're talking about naked Smurfs, so please keep that in mind. Um, The Bills have statistically and correlatively been terrible in blue pants, whether it's with the white top or the blue top. The blue pants, for whatever reason, they just do not perform well. It's not causal, it doesn't cause them to play poorly. Um, I think it's because they wear the blue pants typically in away games with the white top and blue pants on the bottom. And they're, of course, not as good in away games as they are in home games, like most NFL teams. And because they wear the blue on blue for big games like national TV games, like this game against the Rams. And so typically they're playing against better teams in those nationally televised games. And so you see them perform poorly in those games. Now they've done okay in the last year or so with the blue pants because they're overcoming all of the obstacles, slaying the dragons. But I'm not a fan of the blue pants, like, aesthetically. And the fact that they don't perform as well in the blue pants as they do in the white pants just, you know, irritates me. So I'm not a fan of the blue on blue look. Thank you for bringing that up. I know you already knew that when you asked the question, because I've been talking about it on Twitter a lot this week. At Matt Rich Warren, which is my regular Twitter feed. So you can go check that out. Now, as far as the inactives go, let's take a look at the 53-man roster right now. Let's start with the two injured players, the guys that didn't practice on Monday. Tommy Doyle, I don't think, is going to play this week. I think he's hurt. He's dealing with that injury. I thought he actually might end up on injured reserve after the Bills made their initial 53-man roster and he was on it. Uh, they didn't need to add anybody, so uh, he's going to be out this week inactive. Uh, Quinton Morris, the tight end. I think he's the second tight end on the depth chart, but he didn't practice on Monday Uh, Tuesday. We'll see if he practices, but I think he's probably a scratch as well. Not a healthy scratch, but an injured uh, scratch, and they'll go with Tommy Sweeney as the second tight end. So I think those are your first two inactives just because they're hurt right now. Now getting into the healthy scratches, I think the very first one you have to look at is Shaq Lawson, the defensive end. He was running fifth behind, Von Miller, Greg Russo, Boogie Basham, and AJ Epinesa during training camp and the preseason. He doesn't play special teams. I think he's the most obvious inactive right now. And now we're getting into like some weird territory. I think Balen Specter, the linebacker, um, potential special team, you know, all four phases of special teams player. Is probably going to be inactive this week as well. They have Tyler Matikavec, they have Terrell Dodson, uh, they have Terrell Bernard that can play special teams. I just think that with the other positions that they're going to need, um, especially against the Rams' passing attack, that Bail Inspector is going to be sitting in this game. Another veteran depth player that I just can't see being active on Thursday night is Jamison Crowder. Maybe a surprise. Inactive if if you think like look at his career or his pedigree or even his contract, but he doesn't play special teams. Khalil Shakir is your primary punt returner. Um, Jay Kumaro is you know your four phase special teamer at the wide receiver position. So I don't think that Jameson Crowder is going to be active for Thursday night's game against the Los Angeles Rams. He's kind of the one that you have to go out on a limb on. Um, but I, I just don't see a way where they're where they're dressing six wide receivers in this game, even though he is a primary backup at both outside and inside uh wide receiver, and he gives you most flexibility there. Um I, I think they're gonna go with Khalil Shakir if something happens uh to any of those top three receivers in Stefan Diggs, Isaiah McKenzie. Gabe Davis. The next player on my list, Zach Moss. Uh, The Buffalo Bills don't have anybody that's hurt uh, that would be inactive, that would normally be active. Uh, Running, even though I think they have a role for Moss in mind, just going out there this week against that stout front four of the Los Angeles Rams, I don't foresee the Bills doing a ton of, you know, between the tackles running which is kind of where Moss excels. So going with Devin Singletary and James Cook as that kind of change of pace back, the guy that can get into the, the slot, go out into passing routes for James Cook, I just see his role being more important than Zach Moss this week. So I've got Zach Moss on my week one inactive list. So let's look around the rest of the Bills. Typically, they like to keep eight offensive linemen dressed. So that leave With Tommy Doyle inactive, that means that there's eight linemen dressed. The place where the Bills have typically gone lighter than a lot of us expect is a cornerback. And even though the Rams are a little bit pass-happy, I don't think Cam Lewis is going to be dressing for this game against the Los Angeles Rams. So you have Taron Johnson in the slot, uh, Kyyer Elam, Dane Jackson, Christian Benford outside with Saran Neal as your primary backup. I think that's the you know one, two, three, four, five cornerbacks that they're gonna go with. And you know, if you think I'm crazy, just look back at last year's Chiefs playoff game. Here are the defensive backs that they dressed against the Chiefs. They had Poyer Hyde, Demar Hamlin, and Jaquan Johnson. At cornerback, they had Taryn Johnson, Dane Jackson, Saran Neal, Levi Wallace and Cam Lewis. So they only dressed five cornerbacks for that game. So in this game against the Rams, they'd be doing the exact same thing. Five cornerbacks, four safeties. So Cam Lewis is my final inactive against the Los Angeles Rams. It's... You know, it's tough. It's tricky trying to figure out this 53-man roster. But that they have eight offensive linemen. They have their four running backs. Um, they are able to do two tight end sets with Tommy Sweeney if they want to keep him. He was the other one I was considering leaving out because the Bills have only gone with one tight end before. They did in the Chiefs game last year. They only had Dawson Knox active. So there's a lot of different ways you can kind of go about doing this. We're actually a little bit light on the special teams and the um, – the linebacker position. They like to have six linebackers active, including you know several special teams options. So maybe Tommy Sweeney sits in favor of Balin Specter getting onto that active roster for special teams, but Sweeney plays a little bit of special teams. So we'll see how their offensive game plan dictates that f- initial 45-man active roster or 46 sorry man active roster. So let's recap the inactives. On offense, it's Zach Moss, Jamison Crowder, Quinton Morris, and Tommy Doyle. On defense, it's Balen Inspector, Cam Lewis, and Shaq Lawson. I'm probably going to be wrong, but that's my best guess at the seven inactive players heading into week one against the Los Angeles Rams. I've got one more question uh, from Travis Cone, who says, can the Bills win the close games this year? Too many close losses cost them home field advantage last year. The Titans loss being the one real difference maker. Yeah, I addressed this in my five questions with the Los Angeles Rams blog, Turf Show Times, uh, that I'll drop into the feed at BuffaloRumlings.com And I have kind of a, a longer answer there. I think a lot of that comes down to coaching. They have a game management specialist, and I didn't see that game management specialist doing a whole lot to help those like one play that could change the outcome of a game um you know you can't really control josh allen slipping against the tennessee titans which is how that game came down but there's of course other plays in that game that you can control or other ways that they ran even the last series that you can control you can control how the game against the chiefs ended you can control even how the game against the bucks ended when you know they got into that big hole early fought their way back and then lost in overtime I think it was on a Dane Jackson missed assignment uh, in overtime. But, you know, again, a lot of that's on coaching. Even the loss to the New England Patriots in the wind, I think, had came down to coaching. The Bills needed to open it up a little bit earlier on offense and weren't able to do that after the long New England Patriots run put them in the lead early on. The Bills still played kind of turtley on offense, even though they have the strongest arm quarterback in the league that they – Drafted specifically to play in the Buffalo Wins. But you're really talking about one play here and one play there. I think the Bills have the veterans for that one extra play. They've got Von Miller for that one extra play. Hopefully Ed Oliver for that one extra play, or that one extra third down stop. You know, they've, they've put the pieces in place to do it. Uh, that's why the expectations are so high for this team. People look at this team and don't see the holes. Sean McDermott has shown a propensity to learn from his mistakes. So as long as he keeps doing that, you know, he, he, he can always find new ways to make mistakes. But learning from your past mistakes and not making that same mistake twice, I think, puts you in really good position in those one score games, whether you're talking about Josh Allen or Sean McDermott or the entire coaching staff or the entire roster. So I like where the Bills are. You know as far as learning from their mistakes goes because they've done so many of them over the last few years that i think that they can go over the top and they've proven that they can come from behind and win especially if you look at say the last game they played against the rams where they came back and won in the final seconds thanks for your question on twitter travis who reached out to us at rumblings Q and a that's just one of the ways you can get in touch with the show is Twitter, at Rumblings q and You can email us, rumlings at SBNation.com. You can send us Facebook messages, uh, Instagram messages. Those eventually make their way to me via our social media manager, Danielle you can uh, text or call our voicemail line at 716-508-0405. Especially if you've got a big vent to get off your chest, audio is the best way to really share your emotion. So make sure you call those in. Remember to keep your eyes peeled for my new show debuting later this week, pregame rumblings coming either Wednesday night or Thursday morning. Um, And I thank you for your patience as we adjust our schedule for the early game this week. Thanks for listening, and go Bills!